Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hello, hello, hello from London to where the heavenly bodies are, Sky Astrology Report for February 5th, 2020. Now, if you've been listening to me over the past few weeks, you will know that I've been working on a membership site and that I have an audio calendar now available and this is where I spend a lot of my time and energy now and just thinking about the dynamics of where to take the information that I'm sharing what I want to do is to continue for a little while not sure how long to tell you where the heavenly bodies are but if you are interested at all knowing more I have my membership site open for peeking to see what it's like behind there till the end of the day tomorrow, the 6th of February. And also the calendar is on sale for $6.95 instead of 11 which tells you where the sun and moon are. And also kind of is a learning calendar. So it's based on elements so that you can be in tune with the elements and then you can understand that more, of course, if you're in the membership site, things like that. But just kind of telling you where the heavenly bodies are mathematically is maybe not that conducive to really learning about what that means for you. So that's why I'm slowly thinking about changing it. But for today, for those that you love and used to it, if you don't want it to go away totally, please reach out to me. But right at 11.11, because I like to do that, and it's still there, are uh, rising, our um, rising constellation is Taurus, but it's about to, in real time, go into Orion. And also our moon is transiting Orion. And it does that just a couple of degrees. Orion, a part of Orion is on the ecliptic, but I think it's definitely important to acknowledge because it is firmly not in Gemini and it's firmly not in Taurus. It's in between there in just a little bit. And Orion is an important, of course, a very important constellation since the beginning of time and connected to the pyramids and the belt of Orion. And it's recognizable. It's in our consciousness. We've known it before we've known a lot of other constellations. And that's why I like to uh, tell you that. So at 11.11, it was rising at 9 degrees 44 of Taurus. I'll tell you at the end where it is when we end. That would be good to know. So the moon is in Taurus at 32 degrees, which is about where Orion starts. It's an over. I would say it's, I don't know if it's overlapping. It would be because like I say, they don't just immediately change energy, right? So it is still part of this Taurus energy that 
is going into Orion energy, like the bull to the man, to the bull man, to the hunter, or they go actually the other way, like the hunter's following the bull, but um, they are connected in a way, the hunter and the bull, so anyway, next we have the north node at 7 degrees and 27 arch minutes of Gemini, and then we don't have anything for lots of constellation spaces until we get to the opposite of Orion, which is a focus. And we have Mars in a focus. It's right on my moon, actually. That's why I'm just like really focused and driving my intuition, driving. This is what you do when Mars is on your <laughs> focus. Mars is on your moon in a focus. You drive and you go to do something, to heal something, to make something happen. And use that drive energy to do that anyway. That's where Mars is, 14 degrees and 31 arch minutes. Next to it, in the next constellation space, is Sagittarius space. And there is K2 at 11 degrees and 21 arch minutes. Followed by Jupiter is at 18 degrees and 6 arch minutes. Very crowded, still house of Sagittarius. We also have Pluto at 27 degrees but Saturn's moved on so before we were looking at Saturn before Pluto but now Saturn's past Pluto and uh, Pluto's just coming into 27 degrees and two arch minutes and Saturn is 29 degrees and two arch minutes mm. so it's like two 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 degrees away and two two arch minutes interesting Okay, what's interesting to note as well, which is really discovery, and what I want to make a point is that it's so important to keep learning. And I have learned, you know, really, you know, keep learning. And it came through me offering people this element evaluation where I look at where the heavenly bodies are and look at the distribution of elements. And there was a, somebody I knew for a long time, and I was like, oh, this Capricorn, is Capricorn. And she's like, well, you know, I really feel Aquarian. And then there was somebody else about Aquarian energy. Their moon was in Aquarius. And I looked, and I double-looked, because I don't want to be assuming. And, yeah, half of Capricorn constellation is in alignment with Aquarius. And there are people who understand that and so we need to acknowledge that there is a important part of Aquarius that is half a part of Capricorn and because they're so different you know air and earth it would they would hold their own within that space and it's good to observe and see what that's like so you know now that we have the sun is 16 degrees Capricorn it is also a part of Aquarius before we even get to the meat of Aquarius because this is there's a part where the end of the arm the fingers holds a really important star Aldebari and then on the shoulder of that arm is another really important star and that's kind of where when Aquarius starts and where Capricorn ends so you know there is that energy there and because we're in the age of Aquarius it's an opportunity isn't it to look at that and also to look at the fact that this is an intelligent energy because we have Aquarius, which is in the sea part of the sky, and it is the water barrier. So there is some element element of water element. <laughs> There's the element of water with Aquarius, and I call it the emotional intelligence. And then we have Capricorn, 
And Capricorn is really connected like a higher Capricorn to the unicorn. It is a spiritual, it is the earthbound practical energy, but it also really wants to make it different and, and really wants to make something happen in, you know, maybe the hard road way, but the way that is going to stick. And they have like an esoteric, they have the story about the goat going up the hill step by step, you know, making sure where he steps is secure. And he gets up to the hill and then he looks back and he sees that, you know, there's still sheeple or, you know, goats in the pastures below. And he turns back and he helps them. And so this is, all these are mythologies or stories to revey to convey a feeling and a lesson and an idea and a concept to be conscious of. And that's how I see this part of the sky. And there's a lot of people there, a lot of light workers, a lot of people who are sensitive to the hard graph. You know, they're like, who used to be kind of in the 70s age of Aquarius, you know, like, oh, love, peace and understanding. That's nice. But, you know, there's real work involved in and there's real hardship involved in being um, sensitive and wanting to do good and looking at the the group, the community and people and the environment before yourself. There's a lot of that in Aquarius across from Leo because Leo is is kind of the ego about me, the one king, and the opposite is about everybody else and putting everybody else first. That's Aquarius. But really, how do you do that in a construction way that is not just a bunch of blah, 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 and that it is encompassing also the person and supporting them because, you know, as you know, when you give of yourself a lot and you don't replenish, how can you keep giving? So there's a lot to be learned during this time. And I'm really excited to acknowledge this Capricorn and Aquarius energy that is aligned together and overlapping. And I hope by me telling you that you understand. And let's really get into that while Mercury is retrograde, which will be on the 17th. Right now, Mercury is in Aquarius as well, and it will stay in Aquarius during the whole time of the retrograde okay so i said it was at five degrees and now it's 14 arch minutes i didn't say 14 arch minutes and neptune's there as well at 19 degrees and 27 arch minutes venus is moving up to chiron it's at five degrees pisces and 16 arch minutes chiron is at 10 degrees and 46 arch minutes of pisces and last but not least uranus which is also in a part of the sky where we have satis also in the sea part of the sky, very big big part of the sky, Satus and Aries and Pisces. Yeah, those energies and mathematically speaking, Uranus is at 3 degrees and 57 arch minutes of Aries, soon to be 4 degrees. So yeah, that's that. And, you know, I just want to bring back to this moment in time right now where I said I would look where the moon is in Orion and it is you know between earth energy that has been in for quite a good day good few days because Taurus is quite strong it's earth and it's going to air right and the same thing we have where the sun is the sun is in earth Capricorn but also in air Aquarius so it is a good time to use these all these qualities I just talked about to make something 
produce itself for the greater good and to go with that and to um, acknowledge those energies. They are real. You know, they are real. It's the cosmic weather. It's as above and so below. And so at this exact moment in time, the ascendant is 23 degrees. It's moved 23 degrees and 43 arch minutes of Taurus. So Taurus is still rising by... um, Soon the moon will be arising. When that moon arises, when if you see the moon rise wherever you are in the world, know that it is arising in Orion. You know, the belt. Not the belt of Orion, but, you know, the spear, the very top of Orion and the hunter and what that means. You can research it because I think it means something different to everyone. But I know that it is a space between the earth of Taurus and the Pleiades and Gemini, the air and the communication. And mind you, the, our moon is trying Mercury at this moment in time. It's approaching. So, you know, what your intuition tells you, that's your moon, your mind, what Mercury tells you, how to communicate that, do that. And I have to go now and do that because I'm selling my business. I love hats.com because I want to do 100%. Um, I have a charity hat that I do. It's just one hat design, and you can read about it on myskyastrology.com. And Sky Astrology, keep helping people reconnect with the heavenly bodies in the actual astronomical and mathematical position that they are. Please reach out to me. Please um, let me know what you're thinking about me changing the format. Maybe I should keep it there, but I... Not sure. I'm not sure. So I need your help. Okay, have a fantastic Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. And if you have time to write a review or just to tap, especially on iTunes, I would be more than appreciative. Might even give you a gift. Take a screenshot and send it to me. Lots of love. Bye. I'm back because what we really want to do now is with this seesaw concept is acknowledge that the moon is actually on its own on the other side and it is a little bit together with Rahu, the north node, which is the action that needs to be taken in Gemini to understand why the sun would be shining on this moon why what do we have to learn because that's what Gemini is having a conversation what is happening now in the world where we have to learn things gosh I swear the part where I have to think about myself sometimes I don't want to learn anything maybe I'm just like everybody else I don't want to move I don't want to learn things I don't want to tidy up you know I, I want to keep my things I want to do this I want to do that anyway so what we want to know is this is what what is happening and this is why it's on its own but the sun is saying let's look at this and it's giving reinforcement on the other side so as I was saying we have these couplings like the Venus is you know going over the rising uh horizon and also we have Saturn and Pluto coming together at 26 degrees they're not perfectly together 
because one is at two arch minutes, the other is at 11 arch minutes, but they will meet at 15. Then we have, though, both the Sun and Mercury at 23 degrees and just a few arch minutes off, but this is a definite coupling of information. And because Mercury belongs and understands Gemini's energy, this is a plus because it involves the Gemini moon, our moon in front of a very important star that belongs to Gemini in the constellation of Gemini. This is not about zodiac signs per se and but the point is is that with the sun being exactly the same degree as mercury who is exclusively connected to gemini brings the point about looking at the property of gemini what does gemini mean learning There's going to be a full moon, and instead of just telling you where the heavenly bodies are, I wanted to indulge in a little bit of comparison, looking at where Western tropical astrology says it's happening, and I'm doing it in a town in Texas where one of my clients is, and where Sky Astrology says it is. So the first thing we notice is that according to... Western astrology, it says that Scorpio rising. And it says it is at 25 degrees Scorpio, which is quite interesting because that's on my sun. <laughs> okay, so it says it's 25 degrees Scorpio, and in the sky, the constellation of Libra will be rising and it's um, really at the beginning of Scorpio. It's not even interfering with the Afukas crossover with Scorpio, nothing like that. So the first thing we want to take on board is that we want to know and respect the rising sign. Know that the rising is two different elements when we compare them. So we are comparing 17 degrees of Libra, which is air energy. It is at the end, there's 23 degrees in Libra, so it's not far from moving into Scorpio, but the fact is, is that it's been in an air energy. And so that is what's important to note. So it's been in the air energy, one that is ruled by Venus, as Libra is, uh, exclusively, more or less. So, we're looking for some harmonious, some about um, Venus balance-oriented ideas. Libra is um, air, so it's nothing you can see. So, it is really looking like forward thinking presenting itself so this is like the doorway of the energies at that time that they are air that they are harmonious and that they are forward thinking in sky astrology in the sky when on the horizon at the full moon time 
this constellation will be rising and will be, you know, have been rising and will still have not that long. Was it four minutes every minute? That's five for another 20 minutes. It will be rising in Libra after the full moon. That's not a lot. And then it will be going into Scorpio. And it needs time to get used to Scorpio as well. But in Sky Astrology, Scorpio only has seven degrees, mind you. So that's only another 30 minutes in the Scorpion energy that then crosses over to a focus in the healing energy, which is interesting as well. But it's coming from air to water and air and water do not interact but they do respect each other and they do know how to coexist in the poultry tree tray sorry so this is you know a harmonious one also if there's kind of ideas thinking about balancing ideas and concepts and then you know, the doorway is going into emotional Scorpio for a brief time. That could be an insightful thing. It's not getting saturated with Scorpio energy. It's just kind of dipping its toes into Scorpio energy. And then it's going to the healing. That's why we need a focus. We're thinking of ideas. We're thinking forward. And we have Mars there anyway. So that's why it's really important to kind of have that color of what is happening in the sky when there's a full moon but the main component is of course the full moon so let's look at that haha as we sometimes have and that's good is that we are in agreement with where the full moon is in this instance for by sign but not by degree of course now Western astrology says it's going to be at 20 degrees Leo. The sky says it's at the beginning of Leo. It's at the lion's gate, to tell you the truth. And it is aligned also with Orion and Sirius. So it's really at the beginning and coming off the cancer of the beehive cluster and cancer. And it's going at the gate of Orion. So it is coming from water, emotional, from the home of water into the sun of creation the leo so this full moon really wants to shine because it is in a fire energy sign and the sun is <clears throat> in western astrology tropical astrology at 20 degrees sorry of aquarius in the sky is the question where it is because we know that Capricorn is still part of the equation. We know that it overlaps to some point. And I would say because of this crossover, I would even give it to Aquarius more so. But in this juncture, what's interesting is that the measurement mathematically is 20 degrees of Capricorn. Now, if I would look at this in the sky, which I'm tempted to do, it's still interesting to know, want to ex 
you know, explore where in Aquarius it is because what's great about Aquarius, it has this jar and it is showing this kind of thing that we want to see. Sorry about that. It's showing this pouring of water and it's it's an air sign, but it's pouring water um, out. And this is the important, you know, this is an important part of the uh, Aquarius constellation. And so we want to see how close the our sun is because also it, you know, in some parts of the world, like in England, It'll be seven in the morning, so it'll be sun rising, right? And so it is good to be aware of all the planets. When you look at the star system, it's good to know where they are in the sky. If they are above the horizon, they have more of an impact than if they are below the horizon where the person lives. So here I finally got to look at um where it's gonna be oh I didn't oh I can't do taxes I can't do taxes so but I will do the moment that it's full and let's see where is our sun like where in Aquarius it's, we know that it is in part of Capricorn because that share they share space. Oh, mind the noise because when you use these apps, sometimes the arrow will make you do a 360. Oh, so here we've got the sun. Right, that's what I saw. The sun at the time of the um rising will be on the horizon which would be a special full moon so on the full moon the sun is actually rising on the ascendant in england in texas where i'm doing it we have the libra ascendant okay so that's what makes a difference where you live what that's about so at the fact of the matter is when I'm looking at this I do still have the crossover but I don't have it in the I have it at the end of Capricorn not really close to any major they're shady it still has to do a major um, conjunction to a fixed star in Capricorn which is really important and it is aligning itself with a quite important star in Aquarius so this is where we have to the luck of luck so it's a lucky star in Aquarius Sad, Sud. so that's good isn't it so this is really looking at how earth of Capricorn and air of Aquarius are using this energy when the sun is going to make this full moon opposition shining on Leo. So, what we know about Leo is there's fire. What we know about the sun is also 
fire originally. So that gives it an advantage because the sun belongs to fire energy and belongs to this fire energy, which is Leo, where the moon is. So we are right off the bat looking at the very strong influence of fire. Then we are looking at the, you know, the moon is a water energy, right? So that has to play a part as well. They always say fire and water are very emotional. So we've got the fiery Leo and then we've got the moon there because it's originally water. But I like to invite you, as I believe we are, this shift is about accepting and being able to coexist in the space, same space with people and with elements. So the elements, you know, how can the elements balance themselves? Listen, we've got the Venus as the ascendant. This is the story we want to know for the balance. How will that balance itself out with um, the fact that we've got the water and the fire holding space with the moon and across from it, we have Aquarius, which is air, but coming from a water energy and earth energy, right? So we've got the Capricorn energy and the air energy. Now, they don't interact at all, but they coexist and they don't, you know, disrupt each other, air and earth, okay? They are perfectly happy to be side by side it's kind of like a as above so below um relationship if we're gonna have that stretch out because capricorn is the practical going up the hill doing things to build things and you know to make them solid earth and then we've got aquarius which wants to build ideas for the community really wants these things to work out as well and is forward thinking and generous with the ideas and concepts about how to get somewhere and how to get somewhere in you know a really pro um advanced way okay so the only thing that we are missing is nothing are we missing? We have water from the moon. We have fire from the Leo, the moon in Leo. We have air from Aquarius. And we have earth in Capricorn. Voila. So in this opposition, all the four elements are available. And that is a positive thing, especially because we've got that Venus you know, shining its light as the ascendant with the air sign, giving that space um, for these energies to interact in the opposition, because that's what it op- that's what full moon is. But also, it's the light of the sun shining onto what's with the moon, what's with the Leo, and you know the Cancer really from the moon what's been going on and shining a light on what's been going on so that is the alchemic interaction between these
planets. Now let's look at if we were just going by Western astrology. Okay, so in Western astrology, we would just be looking at Aquarius and Leo. Of course, we'd be looking at the sun, the sun, I mean the moon, because the moon is, so you still have that water element from that, but you would not have any earth coming in to balance it. Now, having said that, I didn't talk about the sun as a fire energy, but here you would have, say, if let's go back and just talk for a second about the sky astrology. Because the sky astrology would have Capricorn and Aquarius and then the sun in these earth. And the sun is fire. So the sun connecting with the earth of Capricorn and the sun connecting with the air of Aquarius. And of course the sun and the air are always going to interact with each other. The sun and earth do not, unless like prompted to, like forced to, like if you throw a lot of earth on fire, you could put it out, but you would have a third party to have to, you know, manually make that happen. Um, and so it won't happen on its own. But in this case, we have then more fire uh, because we are looking at the sun is shining only in Aquarius and Aquarius is interacting with the fire from Leo and so that would make it fiery more fiery inspirational and would take it out of the balance out of the opposition out of the opportunity to look for the balance because fire is far thinking and enthusiastic and like having these ideas and you know emotional and wants something to happen you know because that's the energy that fire is but and you know tends to kind of take over the show you know we're like oh no 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 you know there's going to be less water interaction and you know the air is just going to make it more fiery but nothing's really going to come of it so that's key you know nothing's going to come of it which is unfortunate and then in the tropical astrology as well you've got the cap the scorpio ascendant which is water which is like probably just going to go put it out already <laughs> put the fire out already where you know with the other bit because you have the balance then the war the air from a from Libra is going to be more productive because air can scatter seeds and has no boundaries so it won't feel caged at all it'll just um be more philosophical about what's happening with this energy that we're talking about and that is I think quite a handful to talk about these um, things in relationship to um, the full moon happening when we, when both tropical and sky astrology and Vedic astrology all say that the moon is in Leo. But the fact of the matter is what's so great is that 
there's a super bright star, Regulus, and it's about nine degrees of Leo. So when the full moon is there, you should still be able to see the star Regulus. So the question is, isn't it important to know that the full moon is happening before it transits this major star? Or does it matter that if Western and tropical astrology says it's at 25 degrees, has it already transited? But they even say Regulus is not even in Leo. I don't even understand how that works. How could they be in another sign? That's what, I mean, I'm just going by what your eyes can see. What your eyes can see. So let's look up, keep looking up. Just want to add that the calendar is up. It's no longer on sale for $6.95, but it's £11. And if you want to join the calendar learning membership where you learn a lot about you know, why it's so important to be in tune with the actual moon, what the farmer's almanac's been saying, how biodynamic farmers produce successful crops. They are really aligning themselves with what can be seen in the sky. Then I'm sure there's a little present that I could offer in your membership if you join by Valentine's Day. So, yeah, uh, there'll be a link in the description for that and um, I've been reading about I'm not sure I don't suggest any full moon ceremonies I've been reading about perhaps that's not a good thing you have to be careful about the energies and especially if you're a student of mine and you started to align yourself with true energies you know there are polarities and you have to be careful which energies you entertain and um, invite into your space so go very carefully. Know that we're looking for balance on this full moon. Even though it is a Leo Aquarius energy, with we look we are acknowledging that there is some true Capricorn Earth energy in there and some wonderful Libra energy in there. Okay, so lots of love from me and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening.